Available at farmnewsnow.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Agriculture through a modern lens. This is the AgriPod with Alice McFarland. On this episode, the Canadian Seed Growers Association has a new affiliation agreement with its seven regional branches. The agreement includes the Alberta BC Seed Growers, Saskatchewan Seed Growers, and Manitoba Seed Grower Associations. CSGA Executive Director Doug Miller says the industry is going through a modernization initiative and it's important to have unity and a clear message. Overall demand for farm equipment is projected to remain strong into next year, despite rising interest rates and a weakening Canadian-U.S. exchange rate. Farm Credit Canada's 2023 outlook for the farm equipment market indicates demand is being supported by strong farm cash receipts, even with commodity prices softening from their peak levels. FCC Chief Agricultural Economist J.P. Gervais believes as supply chains recover, equipment manufacturers are expected to increase the delivery of new equipment orders. But inventory levels will remain below pre-pandemic levels and will remain tight beyond 2024. Gervais will talk about the farm equipment sector and the recent food and beverage reports. After the break, Doug Miller. Digging into the topics that matter to you, the AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. The Canadian Seed Growers Association is now ready to play a larger role. It has a new affiliation agreement with seven regional branches. With me is CSGA Executive Director Doug Miller, and we're going to be talking about the seed industry modernization and why it's important. But first of all, tell us about your organization. The Canadian Seed Growers Association is Canada's National Seed Crop Certification Authority. We are a not-for-profit organization that has three core mandates. The first one is to deliver a national program for seed crop certification. The second is to set standards. And the third is to represent our members. We are a national-based organization. We have 3,100 seed grower members from coast to coast, uh, representing about 2,500 seed grower businesses. And we work really closely with our provincial branches to help uh, ensure grassroots participation in our organization. Now, CSGA announced a new affiliation agreement with the regional branches. Explain why this was important and what you see as the key benefit of bringing all of these groups together. The key benefit is now we have the, uh, the, the Canadian Sea Growers Association and all seven provincial branches and regional branches all working towards the same goal. It's not to say we didn't have the same goal before, but we are all working in that, in that unified front. Right now, in terms of uh, the industry is going through a seed regulatory modernization initiative where the government is looking at uh, a holistic review of the federal seeds regulations. It's all about what, the, what, per, what Canada needs from a next generation seed system. So it's unity in times like this where we have a crystal clear direction of where we need to go as a group uh, to be able to advance Canada's seed crop certification system and also the interests of our members. Doug, bring us up to date on that review and uh, what's been happening? What's the process been like and uh, um, getting to a completion with it? So the seed regulatory modernization process is a holistic review of the seeds regulations. Uh, it has been going on for a number of years. We're currently in, in the process of uh, working through task teams uh, in anticipation of a first winter consultation this winter. 
Uh, so we anticipate this winter that CFIA will go out for a broad sector consultation on what they've heard through the first uh, phase of the process and present some options. Uh, so we're excited uh, for this process as CSJ has a strong vision for the future um, and how um, the seed sector uh, can help lead to a, a thriving and sustainable Canadian agricultural sector. Ultimately, what are you hoping for from all of this? At CSJ, we're proud of our, of our past history as a reliable regulatory partner, and we're prepared to step up and do more on behalf of Canadian agriculture. And where we think we can have the biggest positive impact is delivering a digital end-to-end single window for the whole seed sector, uh, and where CSJ becomes the main administrative, administrator of, of seed certification. So really, CSJ taking on a lot of the day-to-day administration of Canada's seed certification system. Really building off of the special private-public partnership that CSJ has had with the Canadian government going back over 100 years. For anyone who would like to find out more or comment, uh, how would they go about doing that? They can reach out to CSGA on our website, www.seagrowers.ca. Uh, there's a contact us page there. Or if they want to get more engaged in the SRM process, uh, keep an eye out in their ag media over this winter as there'll be lots of stories on it, uh, trying to raise awareness. That was Doug Miller, the Executive Director of the Canadian Seed Growers Association, uh, talking about the new affiliation agreement with its regional branches and an update on the Seed Industry Modernization Initiative. After the break, J.P. Gervais is with us to talk about Farm Credit Canada's latest outlook for the cattle and hog sectors. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. Farm Credit Canada has an optimistic outlook for the farm machinery industry in the coming year. The chief agricultural economist at FCC is J.P. Gervais. So first of all, uh, J.P., rising interest rates are a concern. But uh, how will these uh, excellent grain prices affect farm equipment business in 2023? Well, we are looking at both, you know, 2022 and getting a sense of what to expect in 2023. I think the major thing to consider is that we finally have supply chains that are getting a sense of normality. I don't think we're back yet to where we were prior to the pandemic. But if you look at some of the pressure indexes on global supply chains, those the data points actually point to a, much of an improvement in global supply chains. So that, that should translate to smoother, more efficient supply chains, and so that the low inventories of farm equipment that we had in 2022, way below the five-year averages, all-time lows in some cases, depending on the type of equipment, I think that should actually be a little bit better into 2023. And so from that standpoint, the dealers will be able to work with their customers in terms of replacing old equipment. So that's going to bring a little bit of relief as well on the used equipment market. So overall, I think there's a little bit of an improvement. I think the big unknown and wild card really is the um, willingness of farm operations to actually replace equipment, uh, higher interest rates, uh, a lot of different pressure points on profitability because of high input costs at the farm level. So all of that together, I think they paint a, an optimistic, but it's a cautious outlook for farm equipment into 2023. 
Now, we've examined the outlook for the farm equipment business, but how will prices be looking going forward? Well, a lot of the equipment, so if you look at tractors, combines they, that, that we sell here in Canada, they're mostly being manufactured south of the border. So overall, the, uh, the Canadian dollar or the depreciation of the Canadian dollar relative to the U.S. dollar has, has had a big impact in 2022. We don't expect the loonie to gain any value against the U.S. dollar, certainly not in the first six months of 2023. And so from that standpoint, I think equipment's going to remain really expensive. And not only that, I mean, of course, the depreciation, as I said, has had an impact on equipment prices, but overall manufacturing parts is also quite expensive. So overall, I do think that there will be more inflationary pressures into 2023 on equipment prices. But would you say that you're generally optimistic for the industry? Well, historically, higher interest rates have sort of led farm operators to slow down the pace of replacement cycle that they've had. But interest rates are secondary. I think it's mostly about commodity prices. And so the outlook for farm cash receipts is is positive. I mean, 2022 is going to be a good year. 2023, we think that prices are gonna is gonna hold up in the uh, in the global markets. I think the only downside that I do think from this optimistic scenario when it comes to farm cash receipts is the possibility of a global economic slowdown that would weaken the demand for the commodities that we grow and sell. But having said that, I do think that outlook for farm cash receipts remain positive, and I think that this could trigger more replacement, uh, more purchases of equipment, and finally uh, operations getting the upgrades that they've been looking at for the last couple of years. Now, we saw a significant impact on the food service industry starting with the uh, beginning of the pandemic in 2020. How has the industry responded to that, or has it? Well, finally, I do think that if you go back to the beginning of the pandemic and where we are now, I mean, as we went through the pandemic, obviously, you know, consumers were buying more of the food from grocery stores and so forth, right, with the shutdowns that we had in food services. The most recent data points that we have, we're back to the split between food purchase from the grocery store versus food purchase from food services. So there's been a rebound in terms of sales at, um, in, in terms of sales for food services, at the expense of what has been sold and, and at the grocery store level. But I do think that when it comes to food services, the big, big factor, most important factor going forward is, is the state of the labor market. We have very, very high vacancy rates in food services, four times what they were prior to the pandemic. So from that standpoint, we have consumers that have actually been going back and been spending a little bit of their savings that they accumulated during the pandemic in food services but food service operators are, are very are struggling a whole lot with, with labor demands and, and, and the inability to find the labor that they need. And so I think that's the, the, the biggest pressure point in the food supply chain right now is labor, especially at the food service level where we have vacancy rates that are four times what they were prior to the pandemic. J.P. Gervais is the Chief Agricultural Economist with Farm Credit Canada. Here's a look back at some of the top agriculture stories for the week of November 21st, 2022. Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada's October outlook suggested total field crop production was estimated to have increased significantly based on the estimates total crop production for principal field crops for 2022-23 would be around 97.5 thousand tons, bumping total supply to about 110.1 thousand tons. 
That would make it the second highest production level on record and would help rebuild total supply and exports. Harvest in Western Canada is complete. Initial indications from the Canadian Grain Commission's harvest sample program are for a good quality crop overall. And according to the Outlook, crop prices forecast to remain relatively strong for 2022-23, although down from the higher levels seen in 2021-22. A proposed $600 million plant designed to develop canola-based aviation fuel is good news for farmers. Alberta-based Reconciliation Energy Transition, which develops energy projects with Indigenous equity ownership, is in talks with agriculture companies and energy companies about investing in the project. SAS Canola Executive Director Tracy Broughton said the proposal would expand markets for prairie farmers. A final decision on the proposed aviation fuel plant from canola oil is expected by next summer. The first plant would be built near Calgary with the second possible plant in Saskatchewan. Grain movement slowed down in recent weeks due to ongoing rain delaying unloads at the Port of Vancouver. The worst conditions were in late October and the first couple of weeks of November, with some improvement in recent days. CN Rail reported deliveries in shipping week 12 were 809,000 tonnes, but that was down to 626 tonne in week 15, which ended November 12th. David Shednovic, the Assistant Vice President of Grain at CN Rail, said an issue in one part of the supply chain certainly affects another. And while rain impact loading at the Port of Vancouver, extreme cold slowdowns trains. And fortunately, we have not experienced an extended period of cold weather to date, but December, January and February are still ahead. Canadian wheat exports were running 48% of last year's pace at this time. And the latest Sask Wheat Market Outlook, Michael Wilton with Mercantile Consulting Ventures, says 5.5 million tonnes of wheat had been exported in the new crop year. Wilton said the extension of the wheat export corridor for Ukraine will allow continued exports, but he expected to see more buyers of cheaper Black Sea wheat. Farmer mental health will be the focus of a new Canadian Centre for Agricultural Wellbeing. The new not-for-profit organization plans to take a hands-on approach to farmer mental health and wellness and support farmers with a research-to-action approach to mental health. Financial backing for the organization is not yet public and CCAW will be led by Dr. Brianna Hagen. The Canadian Cattle Association coming out in support of Canada's Indo-Pacific strategy and the opening of an agriculture and agri-food office in the region. Jack Chaffee, the co-chair of CCA's Foreign Trade Committee, said it's one of the biggest export markets with Japan number two, while markets for Canadian beef are growing in Korea and Vietnam. He said having an office in the Indo-Pacific region would be very important, especially when trying to negotiate new trade deals or trying to get tariffs removed. He added there are still some export products under 30 months of age not going into certain countries, and lifting those restrictions would open up the export market that much more. If you like what you've heard, you can rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and make sure to subscribe to AgriPod with Alice McFarland for more weekly episodes. The AgriPod is produced by Colby Heiss with host and CJVR Agriculture Director Alice McFarland and is a division of the Jim Patterson Broadcast Group. Available wherever you find your favorite podcast and at farmnewsnow.com.